Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Meet the newest member of the Stark Mansion Menagerie, Bernard. (laughs) And the very talented Chris Randazzo. Because we hate working and we love money. We talk television here and... uh, Wait, we do? Shit! Oh, wrong podcast, I'm out of here. (laughs) Oops. Click. (laughs) This one isn't about football and cookies? No, this is not the football cookie hour. Oh, darn it. Um, fair Start warning. That podcast. We <laughs> we get spoilery here, and this is actually a fair warning. Past couple of weeks, it was sort of like by the wayside because we really weren't talking about current shit. But this week, if you do not want the season or the the show premiere of Legends of Tomorrow, the season premiere of Agent Carter, the miniseries premiere of The X Files, or what do I call it? I guess it would be the pilot episode of Deadbeat. If you don't want any of those spoiled, please go check them out, come back, and listen to us rant about them. Because I'm pretty sure we're going to put a really positive spin on all of them. But I don't know. So I think I'm going to start this week because I see a nice little run there for the last three things. Um, I fell down a, a, the, the Hulu hole where... You know, you start you start clicking on things, and you get really and there you get, it is. You get, <laughs> wow, only what three minutes in, and we've already got the name of the episode. Perfect. You know, I was well overhead. I I had I couldn't figure out what to watch, and this this Hulu original show popped up on my screen called Deadbeat. Now I had never heard of it before, but it starred um, Tyler Labine. I think is how you pronounce his name. And why do I know that guy? Because I was I'm, doing the image, and I was like, "That guy looks kind of like that guy that was on Doctor Who, but now he hosts one of those late shows." But James it's totally Corden. not. Yeah, James Corden. Did it you watch like Reaper? Him. I did watch Reaper. He's the idiot. That he always guy. pays the idiot buddy. Ah, oh, Reaper was fun. He was also on Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is a movie that if you have not seen, and this goes out to all, really need to watch it. It's Never the heard of it. Cabin in the Woods Gone Wrong. Really funny, but um, this show is about um, <laughs> it's about a deadbeat. It's about an idiot, okay? And the idiot can see ghosts. He's a, he's a medium, and his job is to medium? help the ghosts um, do like what there, there's something keeping them on Earth, and it's it's just their like their final thing. It, 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 they take care of it, and then they go into their light. So. He's a medium idiot, not a big idiot. No, no, no. A, he's a big a idiot who's idiot. a medium. And oh, he's quite idiot. husky, so he's a large, big... I keep saying that joke till somebody laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> what, what was the joke? I, I missed it. He said he was an idiot. An idiot? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to stop saying it now? <laughs> All right, good night. You're fired. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, Tyler plays a character by the name of Kevin Pakaliuglu... He says his last name so fast that I never actually catch the pronunciation of it, but they call him Pack or Packy. Um, he is a drug addict medium who bumbles his way through every episode. Um, his best friend is his drug dealer. His name is Rufy. Uh, his sworn nemesis in <laughs> the show is uh, Chamomile. Who she is a she's also she's like on television medium, 
um, oh, but she's okay. a fake. And he just like he keeps doing things that make her look bad. He's not doing it on purpose, but he just like I said, bumbles his way into things. And it's to the point where she looks like she's going to end up killing him at some point in time. Um, Chamomile's assistant is a woman by the name of Sue, played by Lucy DeVito. And I was I wasn't aware that Danny DeVito had a daughter. But there is a striking resemblance. She's a very sweet woman, but I'm like, oh, yeah, they're related. Whoa. Um, <laughs> I don't know that that's a compliment. Um, so the first, okay, I've, I powered through ev- all of the episodes, um, but I figured I'd start with the pilot because it sort of sets the stage for what this show will be. It, it, the, the pilot name is called The Sexorcism. Um, we are introduced to all the characters in, in very, well, we're introduced to, to, to Kevin because he's going to get a job and his, his job is to help this Asian couple get a ghost out of their house. And this <laughs> racism abounds, but it's bumbling idiot racism. So you really don't take it too, too much offensively. Um, it turns out that there is a young man haunting their attic and that young man was a, uh, a, an army guy who was killed in combat, but he died a virgin. And his final thing is he needs to, he wants to get laid. He wants to, to have sex with his girlfriend. And the only way he could do that is if he possesses Kevin. So he, Kevin takes the job and he goes to convince the girlfriend. And we then find out that um, the ghost was not in Iraq or, or or even like Vietnam, it was like World War One, and his oh. <laughs> his girlfriend is now a nona because <laughs> she's a grandma. So he convinces this woman to play along, and the 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 soldier boy to to possess him. Kevin has to be in a weakened mental state. And that means he needs to be high off of his ass. So he downs a bunch of mushrooms, um, constantly smoking weed throughout the entire show. But not only does he have to be in a weakened physical state, but he also has to be in a weakened emotional state. So he hands the grandmother a list of things to say to him to make him break <laughs> down and cry. <laughs> Stuff like you're a loser, you're fat, you're... you're <laughs> She goes, your breath smells like ass. And he goes, that's not on the list. She goes, yeah, I was just winging it. <laughs> so that th- that is the ghostly story. He-, he ends up getting possessed and they consummate. But the, like, the, 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 the heart of the story is his interaction with Chamomile because he's like madly in love with this woman just by what he sees on television. And apparently she's having a book signing in this little, you know, you know, niche type bookstore. And he happens to like head towards there and he sees chamomile in like a seven 11 and she's getting this giant blue Slurpee and she's like stealthily walking down the block. She downs this whole thing, which is, it looks like a throwaway thing, but it, it, it comes into play later on because while she's giving, she's, she's talking about her new book, which is, um, I, it's, um, ghost eroticism. So it, it's dirty ghost stories, <laughs> and um, the name of her book is The Ghost Who Came Inside Me. 
<laughs> so, so she's reading a passage, and he's just sitting in the back of the bookstore, just lovingly gazing at her, and she is like way over the top, like just a, a ham at every word that comes out of her mouth. And she, the, the the owner of the bookstore like puts her on the spot, and she says, you know, my father opened up this store, and he actually died here, but it was under weird circumstances. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but can you tell me exactly what happened in front of all of these people? And she does her little mumbo-jumbo, and she fakes her way through it, saying that, you know, uh, there's a lot of bad energy around him. She's, Does that make any sense to you? And she's like, no, he, he, he died here in a fire. She's like, a fire! I see it! There was a fire, and he died trying to put out the fire. And meanwhile, we flash back to, to, to Packy in the back, and all of a sudden, right beside him is the ghost of her father. And he's like, I, I, I didn't I didn't die trying to save this place. I hated this place. I I was the one who tried to burn it down. <laughs> so in in like he's Kevin's or, or Packy's talking very like quietly to the ghost, which is, you know, him talking to the air. And um Chamomile and the bookstore owner confront like say to him, Hey, listen, we're having a moment up here. Can you shut up? Like, do you mind? And he's like, Well, I, I sort of do mind. I am a medium. And I was, you know, talking and Camille goes, well, you don't, uh, by the looks of you, you're more of a large and ah, uh, ha, ha, fat joke. And that, that really pisses him off. And he's like, well, your father, no, your grandfather, you know, after your grandmother died, he didn't want to have anything to do with the bookstore. So he burned it down. It was going to take the insurance money and open up a restaurant that he was going to name after your father. And the the, the bookstore is like, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, he, he was kind of a dick. He was kind of a douchebag. That seems right in line, and he always wanted to be a restaurant tour. So that that you know that was his that ghost's final thing, his final quest, and he went off into his light. The scene ends, and Packy's walking down the block, and all of a sudden, Chamomile comes zipping up in her limo and confronts him on the street. And she's yelling at him, and she's poking him, and angrily gripping his shirt, and then he's just being doofy. And right before. That everybody leaves. She because she's being confronted. She does this little, and she looks like she's being possessed. And she worked up all of the Slurpee that she had in her stomach to throw it up on one of the the, the customers sitting there to make it look like some sort of ectoplasm was coming out of her. <laughs> so so she as she's yelling at him, he's like, I, "I don't. I was just trying to help." She's like, "I don't need your help." He's like, "I wasn't helping you." She goes, "You don't help people. I help people. I give them closure." And he's like, "How does throwing up blue Slurpee give people closure?" And she knees him in the ball so hard that he ends up throwing up blue Slurpee. I don't remember him drinking the blue Slurpee in the show, but apparently it happened. The 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 whole it's like just a fun like I'm always been a sucker for like that those ghost shows like I way back in there was that really famous guy that was brought up on you know fraud charges I just like I was interested by them and this is such an entertaining take on it that it's really enjoyable like he's funny but it seems like he's un he doesn't mean to be funny which makes me laugh almost uncontrollably so. Uh, it's a current running show on Hulu. Uh, it's got at least two seasons. I think the third season is starting up soon. Um, and it's, I mean, 
I flew through this in, in just a couple of days because it's just one after another and just a lot, a lot of fun. So I highly recommend it to people. Um, so now let's get into the, 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 <laughs> the meat and potatoes of the show. I want to talk about Agent Carter. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, when we decided that we were going to discuss this show, I felt bad that I had not seen any Agent Carter. I did not watch last oh, season. Oh, that's your loss. No, because I watched it all. Good for you. <laughs> Good boy, Evan. You get I, thought it, I thought it would be a little bit more involved than it actually was, but I breezed through season one. <laughs> so, Garen. So Talk to you're me. officially in love with Agent Carter, right? I yeah, I was actually in love with her in the Cap era. Me like, too. I thought she was such a cool character. Um, Cap is my favorite in the Marvel universe, and she is just the freaking best. And I'm so happy that like one of the first uh, Marvel TV spinoffs, aside from Shield, that they decided to do was like, let's take her because she's cool. It's really difficult for them to tie it into any like that's that's the one thing i really like about the show is that they can't like shield feels forced into the marvel universe Mm -hmm. because they keep like reminding you hey this is here this is like you know the the whole uh thing that they were doing with the inhumans like i know you're forcing that to me they don't do that here nope they can't they can't (laughs) they they talk about captain america but that's where she came from there's so. a few few little ties in there, but nothing nothing too obnoxious. So uh, yeah, after season one, um, I guess uh, the SSR, the agency that they work for, uh, opened up a West Coast office, um, and good old Souza headed out there to uh, head up the office because he and Carter never hooked up. Uh, did they and- not at all? Because I got, I felt like they sort of did in between. No, I feel like I feel like it was just kind of a misconnection thing. Like they brought it up, and oh, we should go out for coffee sometime or something like that. But they never did it. Gotcha. Because uh, I mean, to me, he seemed pretty butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he runs into a weird case um, that gets referred to them by the regular police and calls up the main New York office. And the guy who's in charge, I want to say Jack. So let's call him Jack. He's a Jack. (laughs) I feel like he's a Jack. (laughs) Regardless of what his actual name is, that's like the character. (laughs) He's quite Jackish. Yes. Yes. So um, uh, because he's a Jack, he sends Carter out there just to mess with Sousa. (laughs) And because he's still like... I, f- I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like even though Peggy proved herself in the first season with the, you know, helping being an integral part of solving the big case, this guy's still like, oh, chicks. So, like, she's the one that he can spare. Really? Because I, mean, I, f- I felt he sent her because that she was a threat to him. Yeah. Like, I, I that's that's what I got out of it. That okay. He's- He's just like, like yeah, I, I think he's all, I, I think it's kind of a combination of the two. Like, he's all, this woman's not going to, you know, be a threat to me. Pa, women and their boobs. Pa. <laughs> just dizzy broad here. Uh. <laughs> Anyhow. So anyway, Car- Carter goes out to, to help Sousa solve this this uh, woman that's found in a block of ice in the lake murder. And 
There's a whole bunch of crap. Like it, she, she, the victim was found to be posed like a victims of another unsolved serial killer case, but that was just a red herring because it's actually something else to do with this big evil sciencey corporation, um, which is totally Hydra. <laughs> it's Hydra light because I don't know if there's a Hydra yet. <laughs> Ooh, but she had, yeah, she had. Karen, good point made because I there um, his words. There was totally a Hydra at this point because there was Hydra during the first Cat movie. That was oh, that's right. Red Skull started that. That's right. And right. relating to things that we've learned in Agents of Shield, Hydra has been possible, like even older than that. Yes, and they have like their symbol has kind of always been the same, even if they like kind of changed it and <coughs> turned it and rotated it or whatever. Um, so before uh, Peggy left for California, she helped catch her roommate that was actually um, brought up in the same facility as Black Widow and is a crazy Russian spy. Um, oh, my God. You, that's a good connection, too. I didn't catch that. Yeah. So that oh. was her. And she was trying to steal something from a bank vault that turned out to be a um, lapel pin with a logo on it, which to me looks like the logo that they were, have been associating with Hydra in the most recent S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. Oh, I didn't see the lapel. Okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't actually see the lapel pin head on. Like, it, it looks saw- a lot like the piece of the... You're caught up on S.H.I.E.L.D., right? No. All right. There was this episode recently of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they kind of went through this evolution of the Hydra logo okay. from this spaceship-looking thing that almost like, kind of looked like a V. And like they, they went through this whole evolution, and that lapel pin kind of looked like that. Okay. It was really smart. I didn't, I didn't pick up on it, but Karen did. And it was also featured at, like, it was a decoration in the club where the, um, there was, like, a, a group of shadowy figures who met to uh, decide whether or not to keep uh, this project running at the Evil Sciency Corporation. And the, uh, the that logo was big on the wall at the club where they met. So Okay. Totally okay. Hydra. <laughs> um, so, like, the plot was, I mean, the, the you know, whole, the case, the caper was pretty cool, but, you know, just a standard story. Um, I think the more interesting things are just sort of the developments that we've seen since the last season. Um, Jarvis is also out on the West Coast because Howard Stark opened a movie studio. He's which, my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I love Jarvis so much. And it's James totally Darcy. Stark. It's totally Stark to um, have opened a stu- movie studio. Like, what better way to get just a line of women out the door for him? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> Good plan. And I like that Jarvis is like, yeah, I'm totally bored. Please let me help you. <laughs> and I well, like when that you, we when met you... his wife. Yes. We did. Um, I do think they've gone a little goofy with Jarvis, and I hope they rein that in because, like... He's he's awesome, and he doesn't really deserve, like, as much comic relief as he is providing right now. Like, they're making him a little bit of more of a buffoon than I think he should be. Yeah, I could see that. But I do like his he, wife. I he think... did get the better of Carter in that little wrestling match thing, though. He surprised her. That is <laughs> true. But they made him wear that silly outfit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? There was a whole like sequence. Did you watch that? Maybe episode that was the one? Second episode. Oh Jesus! There was the, they There's... premiered two episodes in a row. Oh, I would have watched both. that. Okay. 
All right, good enough. Womp womp. I didn't realize there was more to to be watched, so. Um, I like Jarvis's wife a lot. Uh, I think she gives him some depth, um, which is great. And I also think she makes a good replacement for the waitress character from the first season because Peggy needs a friend. Well, she needs a girlfriend. She's got Jarvis. He's kind of a friend, but she needs a girlfriend. I miss the waitress girl, though. Yeah, I mean, she was cool, but like... I guess I could see them bringing her in, like, if she, because she, she was also an actress, right? Yeah, right. she was also an like, actress. Like, if she got a big part in a movie, she could show up, and I guess that would be fine. Um, now, I didn't see the second episode. Was there another, uh, for lack of a better phrase, another monster for that week? No, it was sort of the that two. Finished off with that guy, right? The 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 whole icy thing. That was in the second episode, right? Yeah, no, it that- was this. It wasn't the. There wasn't a second separate monster of the week. It was sort of the case spread over two episodes with the ice. Because the ice guy was gone by the end of the first. Right, but okay. they sort of followed like. Okay. How did they make the ice guy? Where did he come from? What's going on at that place where they made the ice guy? Okay, because that was my worry at the end of the the first episode. It looked like that storyline had been buttoned up and. That was the one thing I loved about season one. It wasn't a monster of the week. Mm-hmm. It was a full eight, I think it was eight episodes mm-hmm. of one good long story. Yeah. Was- and that was my word that they were going to just go with the same formula of like every week. This is a different monster that she has to, or different case that she has to solve or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Very liter- very little l- linear stuff. Now, the- oh man, that's right. The whole second episode when they went that was when they went back to the the plant and lady um who was dating that guy from NYPD Blue <laughs> the 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 wife of NYPD Blue guy was all um uh she was bad and they were in a limo at some point and there was a bunch of Stephen Amell yes. memes about that today. I'm sorry. I don't. I I don't have no NYPD Blue references. So it took me a minute to know what the fuck you were talking about. Are you talking about the mayor or the candidate? The, yeah, the, the candidate yeah. guy on NYPD Blue. Sipwitz's boss like went away, and he took over, and he was this complete like just guy. Well, we knew she was liked. a. We knew she was a bad guy by the end of the first episode. Yeah, but she was like. But, like, no, shit happened with her in that second episode. And, the, and I'm, I'm, like, remembering the rest of the second episode now. Because, like, the very end of that, oh, with the implosion, yeah. the implosion uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Fuck. Yeah, good time. So. <laughs> what? Basically, was- to answer your question, yes, they continue on with the story. Peggy and uh, Sousa decide that they're going to figure out, like, what's going on at Evil Science Corporation and... Um, and do a bunch of investigating. They meet. Uh, did you meet the uh, scientist that worked there? The that I think his name is Doctor Wilkes. He's a black character. You would know him because yes. he's the only. Okay, so yes. he he is a lot more involved in the second episode where they he helps them out with the investigation and they do a little like is he evil? Is he good? We don't know. Can we trust him? And he had the best line in the first episode when he was getting taken out and he looks at Jarvis really quickly. He's like, "Tighten your jaw." He's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's about to punch you oh damn it uh yeah i really like that character a lot um and they did a good bit i think it was probably in the second episode so you probably didn't see it yet but um they st- sort of throw him and peggy into a pseudo romantic context um 
He was trying to tap that at the end of the first episode. Oh, yeah. Um, It was all about that. That does not stop. (laughs) Okay. And nor can you blame him. I mean, Peggy, she's hot. (laughs) She Um, likes hats. She looks good in a hat. (laughs) So I I feel like I read this a little little while back that um, this show came under some fire because it's very, very white. And um, I don't feel like it's very deserved because of of any show on tv to have a a show with a female lead in the 40s like if that's not progressive enough for you i don't know what your problem is but because there's the thing is there's this thing called the internet and people think (laughs) that it's just a box for you to bitch into (laughs) and even with that being unreasonable, the producers of the show still listened to that bitching and said, okay, here, we're going to make this amazing black character and, like, drop him into the show and he's going to be, like, have depth and have good stuff to do and good lines and be funny and attractive and all this great stuff. But you're not allowed to have that without the show giving you a little bit of a lecture about, okay, here he is. Here's why there's not more of him, because they had a scene with him and Peggy where, like, they encountered some serious racism. And it was like, I mean, it took a little bit out of the show, but it was like, oh, yeah. At that time, (laughs) she would encounter a lot of problems running around with this guy. Mm -hmm. Well, and that was one of the things that season one got so right, was that they really... Like, she she is the character that she is, but the world that she was in was the world that she was in. Right. And they didn't dance around that at all. Like, no. all the sexism at that time, they did not dance around it at all. And I really appreciated that scene in, in this season where they were just like, no, not everybody. Because you gotta look at it, and a lot of shows and movies and stuff look at that time period as being very glossy and very happy and very... Like, like, really, the propaganda of the time. Everything is wonderful. Everybody's happy. But it was just really just sitting right beneath the surface. It's some really, really awful shit. And they walk into this uh, restaurant or whatever just asking for the most basic of help. And this guy behind the counter is just... It's like He's, like, totally, basically reaching for a shotgun. Yeah, like he's totally unwilling to help this guy because he's black. And that was... I mean, it was so just brutally honest and in the middle of all this fun you know sci-fi romp superhero type thing like it was doing what some of the best comic books do you know it's it's giving you your action adventure with just this little like punch of social commentary underneath it it was this show is fucking brilliant it's it's really good i agree (laughs) um rant over no (laughs) that was a good one so yeah, um, it's the show is back in better than ever form. Um, Peggy herself is awesome. That kind of goes without saying. She has, I think, even a better wardrobe this year, which <laughs> is, uh, I mean, what it was like the first thing I said when the first time they showed her. Well, the first thing I said was, "Oh, it's I love I want her hat." But then <laughs> that was it a fun did, little fake out. <laughs> it turned out to not be her wearing the hat. But then the first time we saw her after that scene in the bank vault, what did I say? I want her shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the Jarvis's wife has turned out to be her fashion advisor, and that is just a, a phenomenal improvement. He didn't think that her wardrobe could get any better, and then it did. Um, as well as all her awesome other qualities. Um, I'm a, a very big fan of the fact that she is a 
beautiful woman, and she is not a stick figure. Like, she is, oh. you know, athletic enough. She's in shape. She's not unhealthy, but she's not a stick figure. And I also, I heartily approve of that. God bless the- Haley Atwell. She's like the perfect woman. They seem to be surrounding her with stick figures, though. Well, she is in Hollywood. That's true. That's true. Yeah, she is in Hollywood. That's true. <laughs> true. Good point. Very, yeah. very true. And on the, the last thing I'll say is that they um, made it seem as though Dr. Wilkes is off the show, and uh, I am buying it for a uh, freaking second. No way, man. Oh, had. yeah. No. <laughs> Bullshit. Because you know what we didn't see? A body. A body. And the you don't r- see a body. one of television. <laughs> and sometimes even if you do, but if you don't see a body, they ain't dead. So, yeah. Cool. I, I I appreciate you bringing this up to my attention because this was one of the comic book things that, you know, just I it, I just let it go. Like it was a mini. I thought it was just going to be a mini series and I didn't feel like the 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 whole universe was going to concentrate on it. That's why I didn't pay too much attention to it. Uh, but I'm really glad that I, I caught up. on. Yeah, it. it's definitely a piece of the MCU that you can get away without seeing but i it really makes it more it makes it richer if you do yeah it, it's it's a punctuation on on the the marvel cinematic and television universe yeah it does a good job of fitting in without being like it, it's guardians of the galaxy you know it fits in like a glove if you want it to but you can also just watch it and nothing else and be fine right absolutely absolutely and it gives me one more reason to think about steve rogers <laughs> as if i needed more Listen, that the end of the first season when she she's the the emotion that she is portraying, dealing with that vial of blood. Mm-hmm. I I was heartbroken. <laughs> All right, good stuff, good stuff. Agent Carter, um, it's in it's it's, it's on currently, so it check is it currently out. running on ABC. Uh, ten? no, yes, ABC, yeah, ABC, yes. Uh, ten episodes this season if i'm not mistaken i believe so as opposed to the short eight from last season all right uh chris yo legends of tomorrow hey you got the name right i know i've been practicing you didn't get the name right oh god you're right (laughs) so we're on hulu looking for this show and I'm searching, uh, and searching, and nothing's coming DC, up. It won't DC come up. Universes, it's Legend- DC's Legends of Tomorrow, or DC Comics Legends of Tomorrow, some bullshit like that. Like I typed in Legends of, and it didn't even come up. Legends of T O, still nothing. T O M, oh DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Fuck you. <laughs> well, they gotta put that DC in the front. They gotta tie it in in some way, shape, or form. They don't I say understand. DC's it. the Arrow or DC's Flash. Like, no, fuck you. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. All right, <laughs> fucking Legends of Tomorrow. Let's see here. Um. All right. Well, this was a show. Yes. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Correct. Ding. The end. Um, all right. So if you if you somehow missed the premise of this one, uh, if you haven't been watching any of the other CW shows, which have been just just beating you over the head with "We want you to watch this show, pretty please," with 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 sugar on top, um, uh, Arthur Darville uh, has a TARDIS now, and he's become the Doctor. He works for the Time Lords, 
And the Time Lords are like, no, no, you can't fix the past or the future because that idiot Vandal Savage, who was not imposing at all in the crossover, has taken over the world. Which I understand because Vandal Savage from the cartoon and the comic books was fucking badass. So we're just supposed to take the show's word for it that this guy is cool enough to take over the world. All right, cool, whatever. He's taken over the world. Dr. Darvel, he really wants to fix everything, and the Time Lords are just like, uh-uh, bitch, you're not allowed to do that. Fixed point in time, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, we're going back to Gallifrey. And <laughs> You really uh, just start need to call him Rory. <laughs> just get it out of the way. <laughs> no, because he's Dr. Darvel now, all right? Because he's not being Rory, he's being the doctor. So he steals a TARDIS, time machine, whatever the fuck, with a Gideon who is not being played by Inara from Firefly anymore. Just a totally different Gideon unit. Sure, whatever. I guess there's multiple Gideon voices. And he steals this ship and travels back in time to get all these legendary folks together to beat up, uh, you know, Dick Nuts McGillicuddy or whatever and (laughs) fix the future, right? So he gathers all these legends together, and he tell, gives them this this wonderful speech that I remember from the trailers, which always bothered me. It was just like, ah, you guys are whatever now, but where I come from, you're legends. And I was like, fucking horse shit. I, none of these characters. White Canary? Who the fuck is White Canary? You're not a legend. This is a bunch of this is a bunch of malarkey. And they actually address that in the show because, like, 20 minutes later, they're all gallivanting in the future off their TARDIS or whatever, and he's all just like, yeah, I fucking lie you guys are nobodies like i picked this team because all of you could die and the future wouldn't give a shit so it's um you know firestorm uh the atom uh the two bad guys captain cold and captain fireball or whatever the fuck that guy's name is uh white canary which was so deliciously horribly named she's hanging out with her dumbass sister who i still don't buy as a martial artist for a fucking second and um they're training or whatever and she's like it's time for you to step into the light be the white canary and when i stopped throwing up i uh decided that that was the dumbest name i had ever heard and who else is on the team um shit somebody else i know there's somebody else the hawks Hawks. oh the hawks the two hawk characters yes uh carter hall and the barista girl who's like should totally be into cisco which is great um yeah i still don't really eh, they're all right they're cool i like the way they look uh, Carter's kind of a dick, and you know what? That's that's good because Carter's supposed to be a dick. So, go team, go go go, Hawk people. Um, so they go and they fight. Uh, they, they 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 go to try to fight somebody or find. Oh, they find. They went the, into the they, past. They, they went, went into the, the past. They went to the seventies so they could find this uh, this scientist guy or somebody was studying a bunch of shit, and turned out that that guy was Hawk Girl and Hawk Man's son from the past from a past life and things got all really confusing and they left white canary and the two thieves back at the ship. Oh, and half a firestorm who got roofied to take with him. Cause, uh, the black kid, the old, the old white guy roofied the black kid to take him into the past or something, which is so <laughs> awful. I couldn't believe that he forgave him by the end of the episode. Cause that shit is so wrong. So he stuck behind on the, on the TARDIS and uh, the two uh, criminals, they stuck behind, and White Canary, she stuck behind, and they all decided to go to a bar, except for the black kid, who was just like, fuck you all, I'm staying here, and gonna try to convince this ship to take me home. And, and you know what, the one thing that they, they, they were like, oh, you can't come, kid, because you're, like, not bad like we are, 
I'm looking at it. I'm like, he just said he was 20. That's why he can't go to a bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the cutoff. <laughs> so they go to the bar. They get into a bar fight. They come back and some Boba Fett looking guy is there. And he's like a time killer, bo- bounty hunter or some bullshit like that. And they get away from him. And that's when they find out that everyone's expendable. And then they all get gather together and like, oh, we're not going to be expendable. We're going to be legends. We're going to choose our own fate and be super awesome and whatnot. And, you know, it, it was cute. It was fun. It was funny. It wasn't great. I, I wasn't in love with it. I wasn't like, yeah, pile on more of that shit. I was more like, okay, well, you know, it's not Flash or Arrow. It's, it's all those characters from Flash and Arrow that you kind of like, but not really love. And the Hawk people that you barely know. And uh, Arthur Darville basically being a Time Lord, which is awesome, and it's got a lot of potential. But that's pretty much my whole feelings on the show. It was, it was all right. <laughs> the <end. laughs> I have to say that bar fight was, uh, although completely, like, you could have shoop, shoop, cut that, that entire... <laughs> that entire oh sequence God, yes. out of the episode and it would have made a shit bit of difference but it was the most fucking enjoyable fun part of the episode <laughs> it really was and i like how all these people that seemingly had no connection to any of the people in the fight were just like fuck it it's a bar fight let's do it <laughs> and the other thing i liked about those characters i think the villains are my favorite characters because you know they they're they the two biggest over actors on the show oh my God. and that's saying something Captain Cold is an actual physical ham. Like, <laughs> he is just ham smeared across the screen. So Dr. Uh, Dr. Rory, Dr. Darvel, shows up and, like, tells them, like, I want you to come on this mission with me. And you have, like, whatever, 36 hours to decide. And they all, like, go their separate ways and have conversations with their loved ones and decide what to do about it. And the two criminals look at each other and they're like, we can make a lot of money. Let's fucking do this. And I was like, you know what? I buy this. We could uh, steal the, shit through all time. The promotional no security cameras. <laughs> We're going to no go DNA. It's great. <laughs> We're going to go back in the DeLorean, steal the sports betting book. Exactly. <laughs> but oh. like all the promotional materials for the show, I'm like, I don't understand why these two characters got into this. And that sold it for me. I was like, yep, yeah, done. One credible thing on this show. Yeah, uh, it was really the whole, the conceit behind all of this was pretty flimsy, with the exception of Dr. Palmer, because, like, that was a believable arc for him. I got, <laughs> I understood him from his character on, on on Arrow. He died, and it seemed like the world didn't give a shit, and then he came back, and he had this kind of identity crisis, and now this guy shows up and gives him an opportunity to, to do something. That was a very believable arc. The Hawk people, sure, they want to get uh, what's his face, uh, Douche Nuts McGillicuddy, and so they team Vandal up with Dr. Darvel. Vandal Savage, that's right. They want to get this guy, so sure, their motivations make sense. But like, with it, what White Canary? What? What? <laughs> yeah, the Firestorm thing didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that that I mean that really like sure, I'm sure that scientist guy would love to go traveling through time, but it's I don't know, just is he really gonna fucking roofie that kid? That doesn't seem like within his character. I don't know if you noticed this, but what bothered me the most about that whole scene was he had that shit prepped. He was ready. Like, (laughs) that that alcohol was already poisoned because he didn't slip no Mickey into that. He poured it and handed the kid a drink. 
mind you, the underage child a drink. <laughs> it's like, that's right. Here's These are the roofy culottes I keep on hand just in case. <laughs> the roofaladas. <laughs> yeah. Um, CW really wants us to watch this show. And part of, like, I think part of that is working on me. I want to like this show. But I think if it doesn't happen and it doesn't, it goes away. I'm not gonna be like, oh, damn it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really gonna be all that upset by it. I, I you know, what, but but here's the thing. Like, how these characters get together was is like the least important thing in the universe to me. Like, now that they're all together, that's a good time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't really care. Like, there is no logical backstory for White Canary to be involved in this shit. Like, there's no logical backstory for for this time-traveling guy to be like, oh, here's a really good martial artist. She has no discernible whatever the fuck, but she's really good at beating people up. So I'm going to get her from all this... Everywhere in the fucking world, this guy could have gone. He's like, nah, these people live in well, this general vicinity. Like, he was, he had to go for convenience. He could only make one stop, so he had to go to the one time in the one place where all of these people ship. were together. Uh, well, that actually plays out a little bit because the guy, the bounty hunter, was kind of on his tail and he knew it. So yeah, I guess it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, I don't know why I'm defending this show, but I am. Really, I enjoyed now it. That, now that we've got this bullshit conceit out of the way, we can just. Start Start having fun with them, and I'm okay with that. So as long yeah. as the, the as show, long as we do have fun with yeah, it. Yeah. Now it's time to stop focusing on why they're there, with the exception of you know, sure they have their goal, they want to be heroes or whatever. Except the bad guys just want to steal shit. Like let's just start having fun with the show because that's what this ridiculousness is. They made a team of like the C level characters on all these shows. <laughs> And uh, I, I like it. Let's let's do it. Let's dance. But these first, this first episode, well, and this was the first half of the pilot. So this episode was pilot part one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. You're really yeah. gonna make us wait a whole other week for pilot part two. Like, if you're gonna do a two part pilot, you kind of have to like make a night of it, right? Like, yes, yeah, CW. You like, if you want to sell this, fucking sell it. Yeah, Agent Carter. <laughs> That wasn't even a two-part... I mean, it was a two-parter, but I would have waited till next week to see that second half. Like, no problem. This is like... You're beating us over the head with this show. Hit us with it. All in one shot. Make it happen. Did you watch this live? No. No, Okay, no, because if I'm not mistaken... The thing. All right, okay. If I'm not mistaken, live, they showed this and then a couple of specials. Right. Of you know the DC Universe special or something. There's something about like I think that was after Flash. The Flash, the 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 Legend of Tomorrow one was after Flash. No, after Flash was the DC Universe movie thing because uh, Tony did a flashbacks on it. And the two of them aired back to back, and I watched that one the next day. And Legend of Tomorrow hadn't aired yet. The okay. so the the DC Cinematic Universe special the. The, the fat fest of, uh, of that was uh, immediately... <laughs> that's right, because the suicide trailer was the same night as the, the Flash premiere, yeah. So they did all of that in one night? No, that was, what, Tuesday was, was mm-hmm. Flash and the DC special. And, and then, then they Legends did, of Tomorrow was Legends on of Thursday. Tomorrow was on Thursday with, I don't know, something else after it. Whatever the fuck is on CW that nobody cares about. Sorry, probably Not people care about that shit. No, Arrow's Wednesday. Mm. Come on. Interesting. We got this. Tuesday's Flash and Eye Zombie. Wednesday's Arrow and Supernatural. And now Thursday apparently is Legends Tomorrow and who gives a fuck. 
<laughs> I'm figuring this shit out. Well, I, I, I uh, if this I'm show... gonna watch it. I'm gonna continue to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it us too. Enjoyable. I think. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, I'm definitely on board. It's, it's but it's low stakes, and I like that. Like, it, <laughs> if it get canceled, I'll be relieved, and we won't have lost very much because all these characters can just go back to their shows, except for the Hawk people, because I don't care. Well, bring back Hawk Girl for Cisco. That's fine. Um, yeah. The only person we'll lose is Rory, and that'll just give him the opportunity to get a better and different job. It's the 100. That's the other show. That's that's the show that's on. Uh, okay, yeah. Who gives a fuck? I mean, maybe somebody gives a fuck, but not me. All right. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, with that being said, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk some X-Files. Stay tuned. Flashbacks is back. CBFU's Tony Panero has returned to talk about all the fun and interesting things that happened in CW's The Flash. But this one comes with bonus stuff. That's right. After airing the latest episode of the Scarlet Speedster's Adventures, the CW graced us with an entire extra special about all the fancy schmancy movies DC is releasing soon. What hidden treasures did Tony uncover? Check out the latest episode of Flashbacks, Potential Energy, and more. It's still January, and that means it's still Mega Man Month at Geekade.com. Mega Man is quite the versatile hero. But did you know that he's also quite the striker? Yes, the Blue Bomber has taken to the soccer field in the past. And I'm not talking about that silly soccer ball weapon from Mega Man 8. Really stupid. Wanna know more? Check out Lost in Time, Mega Man Soccer. Apathetic Enthusiasm has reached its milestone 50th episode. That's... Wait... Five by two, carry one. That's halfway to 100! To celebrate, Brandon and Travis have decided to talk about all the crazy new movies coming out in 2016. Will Rogue One be number one? Will Suicide Squad make us all commit suicide? Will the beasts truly be fantastics? Will Batman actually V Superman? Find out in Apathetic Enthusiasm Episode 50, 50th episode, Movie Versary! Between Two Beards has reached its milestone 50th episode. That's halfway to 100. That sounds a bit familiar. Anyway, there were special guests, surprises, party hats, and Harry Potter talks abound as the Geek Aid Negative Zone exploded in a burst of celebratory madness. If you're in the mood for some good old-fashioned comic book talk, peppered with curse words and comedy, do yourself a favor and check out Between Two Beards, episode 50. Yeah, 50th episode extravaganza. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thanks for checking out those commercials. So, uh, I know at least one of us has been, like, foaming at the mouth to talk about this show. (laughs) So, Chris. um, Um, I don't know if you're aware. I'm talking to the people at home. But the X-Files came back. It sure did. And that I mean, sound this that is Karen a, was just making was playing through the entire episode. <laughs> I don't know That's if you know of this show. It's a little-known show from way back when um, about these two silly people chasing aliens. It's a spin-off of the X-Men. Yes, it is. <laughs> two of the lower-tiered X-Men joined a group 
No, it's Scully and Mulder. Come on, if you do not know what the X-Files are, I why are you listening to this podcast? That's very true. I mean, really. So, I, okay, I'm just going to say I enjoyed it. I did not have as much of a history with X-Files as some do, um, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. Now, Chris, Yo. just a yay or nay, did you enjoy the show? I was entertained. Okay. Now, the one that it really mattered for... <laughs> Karen. I am like making faces and like non audible noises. So that's that's a, a <laughs> like positive I'm squealing thing? so loudly that it can't be heard by humans. But don't oh. play this podcast for your dog. Um <laughs> Yeah, I dug it. <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Um okay, so we get back to Scolder. Scolder. Mol Mulder and Scully. Scully and Mully. Um, Apparently a couple of years have passed. Um, They have gone about their own lives from what I picked up. She is now fixing children's ears or putting ears where ears aren't. I thought she was an auto mechanic. Yes, that too. She does that on the side. I feel like they did all of the scenes with her in scrubs in the same day because she had the same blood splatter on her neck. The entire time <laughs> you mentioned that her her job is very splattery. <laughs> um, I, I just want to get the minutia of the show out of the way. They're not together anymore. Um, so something has come about that will bring their two universes together again, and that is a a gentleman um, whom I'm not a hundred percent sure if I liked in his role because he. This guy is is a character to himself. Like he is, uh, he, Joel McHale should just be Joel McHale. Okay, I don't like him dramatically because I look at him waiting for him to be funny, and he wasn't. He did an actual really good job of being dramatic in this show, which I wasn't expecting. That was the surprise for the show for me. Um, he plays a character by the name of Tad O'Malley, who is the new thing on the internet who is bringing all of these secrets to light. And he needs um, Fox and Dana to get together to help him prove this conspiracy. Don't say and- Fox and Dana. There was a point where Mulder called Scully Dana, and I was like, oh, what is that? Okay. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> Folder and Scully together. To help this controversy come to light. And my recollection of the original X-Files, like, wasn't this fast. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> what like, they the- basically did, I feel like, is they took an entire, like, maybe season arc and jammed it down into one episode to say, like, hey, anybody who has never seen this before, this is what the X-Files is. And now okay. we're going to open them up and get you into a, like, one case per episode rhythm. Okay. Because they really, this was this was basically drinking a can of condensed soup. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I mean, there was a point where Joel McHale's character, Tad, 
gotta love a character named Tad, uh, actually said the words, the most evil conspiracy in American history or some bullshit like that. But he actually called it an evil conspiracy. And I swear to God, somebody, like, there was mustaches being twirled somewhere. It was absurd. Yeah, I think a lot of um, subtlety and nuance was cut out to make room for fitting all this development into one hour yeah they there was no subtlety so much as yet more ham being smeared across the screen like like all right i i don't have a huge history with the x-files i dug the show back when it was originally on i didn't watch it religiously i liked the original movie i went to go see the second movie with karen and that was a movie and but this one like Mulder just went full on into this explains everything. We've uncovered the bloody bloody blah, and we've been yeah. being lied to the whole time, and the government bloody bloody blah, and 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 football on Fox and fucking robots and, and blah blah blah, and I just it was so jarring to me. Like it was really uneven. It was yeah, it was really uneven because when it was working, it was working. Like it was like these actors got right back into the swing of things. Every single one of them had just the right amount of chemistry where they needed to be, and then the writing was just like. Eh, we need to skip a couple of pages, so words, 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 words. It was just, <laughs> I didn't buy much of it. Uh, and there was I guess that, that yeah. clandestine meeting that Mulder had with his, like, source, who was like, oh, that you're That came gonna... out of nowhere? Yeah, it came out of nowhere, and it, like, went somewhere really fast. It was kind of like, you know, if you're standing by the side of the road and you see a car off in the distance and it's going really fast, and all of a sudden it's just like, right past you, you're like, what the fuck is that? That was some, like, episode six shit right there. That was like, we've watched this for five episodes, and now we get to see this source guy have that conversation. But instead, we've been watching the show for 25 minutes. And it was just, it, I was so, it was, it was drinking condensed soup. It was just absurd. I don't know if this says something about me whilst watching the show, but I didn't realize there were actual flashbacks to Roswell until that guy showed up. Oh. I didn't either. Yeah, because they didn't oh, necessarily didn't? look old to me. I, it, Did it they say like... the date in the beginning? They didn't, but it was the um, '40s military uniforms that gave it away for me. I was like, "What?" It was are only they doing? one guy, though. No, was... when they once they got to the site where this UFO was, there were other guys in the background, and and then they when they advanced on the actual alien, there were soldiers in uniform there. Oh, oh just, I... seriously, what a bunch of dicks! <laughs> That little guy was like crawling away from a shipwreck, and they're just like, shoot his ass. He's up to something. Dude didn't even have fucking pants on. I don't like on. the look in his eye. He didn't even have pants on. Like, the guy was crawling around naked, and they just shot him in the ass. Well, they don't have pants on his planet. Exactly. The dude, he didn't even get to like learn about pants. What the fuck? That's so, an evil thing. The show did jump back and forth from current day to a situation that happened. I don't know. You might be familiar with it. The crash at Roswell. Um, apparently it is a thing and it's real, but everything after that, apparently according to the five minute information dump that came out of Mulder's mouth is not aliens. It's the government. So yeah, yeah there were aliens involved, <laughs> but it was like the government that's been, 
Using, I mean, if they've if, been perpetrating the alien conspiracy to use to their advantage, basically. If the so, visual effect is to be believed, they've been using an ice cream scoop on people's stomachs. <laughs> so the way I took it is that alien showed up once, and then we've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and eventually the government or the elite is going to be is going to use all these advantages that they have gained over the years to move into space, like that fucking Matt Damon movie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, I I'm I'm on board. I mean, yes, this was a very condensed episode. I'm hoping they take the next couple of episodes to breathe a little bit. Um, but I, it was it was exactly what it should have been, what it needed to be. It was exactly what they needed to do to to bring the story back. I do wish they had found another way to do it that wasn't quite so like jackhammery yeah like it, it could have used more grace like i I'm, I'm coming off like i hated it i i i enjoyed it like i'll i'll watch more of it i'm you know even if they made this like a slightly longer episode like you know an hour and a half premiere well um, again this is another two night premiere the second episode was premiering tonight as we record this and that's you know that's cool if you're gonna do that you know you do two nights in on a consecutive row, nights neat. yeah I'm, I'm cool with that Right, but the, uh, what I'm saying is taking this the first episode and just spreading it out just a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. If if they give me another episode as condensed as that first episode, I'm gonna have to watch both of them again. But that's because the thing. I know I missed something. They're they condensed the shit out of this, but this whole thing is like kind of sort of set up to introduce some new characters and maybe make an X Files show spinoff series that doesn't star the super expensive David Duchovny and um, Jillian Anderson. Anderson. And uh, we didn't meet any of those people. I thought we met one. I thought that girl was actually going to turn into something and whatnot. And then they blew her the fuck up. So (laughs) so much for that plan. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't meet any of the new people. I mean, it was amazingly coincidental that she had the perfectly placed sunroof in her car to show the predator-like laser thing on her stomach i thought she was being abducted i didn't think they were gonna blow her up <laughs> i was like oh she's all sad because they're just gonna take her and like use the ice cream scoop or the melon baller on her stomach again that's gonna be sad oh she did <laughs> oh no oh i no. knew as soon as i saw that model car on that road that isolated stretch of road i was like i know fucking exactly what's happening here <laughs> And they had to find a cheap car well, to blow up. I, I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of nods to the original in the in this, which starting right off from the credits sequence, which, oh, yeah. what, like, can you even describe the noises I made? Because they were funny. Um, <laughs> Eep. Yeah, sort of, sort of like that. Um, but there was that. Um, but yeah, I feel like any time you see somebody in a on a deserted stretch of road in a like late nineties sedan, you know what you're in for. <laughs> they dead. Um or they're at least in for an alien encounter. You know well, what I don't understand is that they're not calling this like season whatever the fuck of the X Files. It's like it's like it's a new series, but it is yeah. it's not. This isn't a reboot. This is a flat out continuation. This yeah. is the next episode, like straight up. Well, well how it's many seasons? How many seasons were in the first run? Nine, nine. Because I've seen it listed as both. Yes, IMDb does separate it as 
season one of the X files. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also saw it listed on another website as the X files season 10. Mm. So it, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is um, that really like, I mean, it's, it's goodness. It's, there was definitely, this. there was definitely a lot of goodness. And they gave all the major characters at least one moment that it was like, oh, he's back. It was, you know, when Mulder was, like, interacting with the alien uh, replica vehicle, and it just disappeared in front of his face, and it floated, and he was, like, a kid in a candy store, and I was like, oh, it's Mulder! And then Scully was talking to the chick, and she was like, you don't know what it's like to be abducted! That fucking look. Just a look. Oh, God bless Dana Scully. Bitch, please. (laughs) (laughs) And even Skinner. Oh, Walter motherfucking Skinner. He's your disappointed dad, and I love it. Um, And I I don't know. I know it was weird to see Joel McHale not in a comedy role, but he was perfect for me. Perfect. I needed him to at least be sarcastic. And there was no sarcasm whatsoever. Like, not even in, like passing where he knew that some people didn't believe him like where he could throw sarcasm at fucking Mo- or scully he didn't he apparently hit on her he was just trying to be charming <laughs> but um i i just i thought he did a phenomenal job there was uh there was a point where he and Mulder were trying to explain the conspiracy to scully and i'm listening to it and i'm like this doesn't not make sense but I need that guy to shut up because I hate his face. Uh, a lot of the time when Mulder was talking, and especially when he was just going on about the conspiracy stuff, you know, and I feel like in the old show, you'd look at him and be like, wow, this guy's got kind of a point. This is really interesting. And this one was like, somebody call the nut house because one of their biggest peanuts has gotten away. <laughs> There was some like a little bit of character assassination in the in the rushedness of this too. Like Mulder knows better than to go off half cocked in the press. He just knows better. Yeah, I don't care that it's been fourteen years. He fucking knows better. <laughs> that was silly. Well, yeah, I guess he had to make up for lost time. I don't know. I um, I thought that the conspiracy they came up with of like oh it, it wasn't aliens the whole time was an interesting way to like flip uh, the the original conceit of the show. It was like a fresh take on it, but I also like. I'm just thinking back to nine years of the previous X Files or Mulder. I saw somebody say something like this on Twitter. They say, you know, Mulder says always it's aliens, and Scully's like, no, it's not. And now she's like, fine, it's aliens, and he goes, no, it's not. Damn it, Mulder. <laughs> he he flipped pretty damn quick. He, he did that part. Even of it, at the beginning of the episode, he came in. Yeah, it's aliens. Like, that's how he came in. And that's the condensed soup part that I'm not okay with. But according to things I have read, it gets better, you guys. This wasn't bad. No, yeah, no, I don't no, want anybody no. It was, it was that. fun. This was, this was good. I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Legends of Tomorrow. And I enjoyed Legends of Tomorrow. Sorry, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> oh, good, because I was confused what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> Not the not Marvel's Legends of Tomorrow or Image's Legends of Tomorrow or Archie's Legends of Tomorrow. Boy, that's a fucking comic, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, the cigarette smoking man is back. <gasps> yes, he is. And I'm really upset what they did to him. If that's not an anti-smoking ad, I don't know what is, and it bothered me. Well, 
what do you think is going to happen to that guy after that long? Although, now, okay, this is where I have to, like, do my penance as an X-Files fan, because I don't remember what happened to him in the end, but I thought he was dead. So did I. I thought they blew him the fuck up, and now he's not dead, so clearly they didn't really blow him up. I guess we they probably blew him up and we didn't see a body. I bet that's what happened. That's, yeah, that's He had a cancer possible. shield. <laughs> <laughs> he, had one of, he had one of the Buffalo Bills come in and rescue him. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was fantastic. Like, you know, dude's like, I am the cigarette smoking pan. You have cancer. You're gonna die. I am the cigarette smoking man. It's what I do. Shove the cigarette. He didn't even do it himself. He has a guy that puts cigarettes into his throat for him. I fucking love that. that That's dedication to being the cigarette around. smoking man. It's like, I don't care how bad this shit is for me. I will smoke them directly through the hole in my throat and I will hire a young man to do it for me. And I will give that young man cancer by secondhand smoke. Exactly. Like, now this guy can smoke and talk at the same time. So his second, his, uh, his sidekick should be, like, the secondhand smoking man. Yes. <laughs> If you look up his IMDb credit, that's what it says. Really? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm sorry. That it looks like he's awesome, 85 though. years old. You find out at the end of the series he's 21. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, just well, I guess, intern. I mean, we know what we're, we, we knew what we were looking for. Um, I feel that we got it. We got a little extra baggage on top of it, which hopefully they'll sort that shit out for the, you know, the coming episodes. And... I'm just seriously curious as what's going to happen with the introduction to the new team. Like, it's, I mean, isn't it, isn't it Robbie Amell? It's Robbie Amell and Lauren Ambrose. Not okay. Firestorm and Lauren Ambrose. <laughs> no, he's not Firestorm anymore. Did you can't a, say that. Did a, wait, they kept saying in the episode that Mulder and Scully have a kid? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they I, do. Right. I was just looking at you like, come on, you don't know that? And then I remember that you weren't obsessed with it like I was. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I mean, I feel like it's bringing some bells. I remember absolutely nothing about that X, the second X-Files movie, except for leaving the theater and being like, well, that was a movie. And it felt like just an episode of the show. And maybe they, it's barely ringing a bell that they were. They had a kid, kid at the very end of the, like the season, the series finale of the original series. The last shot was like of the two of them and their baby, like hiding out somewhere where they decided to go completely off the grid huh. and just be uh-huh. together. And I don't know what happened to that kid. All right. All right. Oh, I'm sure we're going to find out. It's been I 14 so. years. So. Should be around still. <laughs> I've, like, I half thought they were going to throw that chick and be like, guess what? She's your daughter. That's what I thought they were building towards. But I mean, No, they were. On. she was Melon Baller. And I was definitely glad that they didn't because, you know. And I'm sure... Uh, listen, <laughs> the X-Files was on a long time ago and I'm old and I don't remember things. I'm sure that like when she said, oh, you interviewed my family when I was just a girl. I'm sure that was an episode. I just don't remember it. And it... It was probably such a like minor detail that I don't know what the hell it's from. But I give I, them credit for probably having. Oh, gone I'm sure back they did. Did really tie something. it in. Um. So, yeah, I mean, let's do the recap real quick. X Files, obviously, yes, we're all on board for that. Yes, could not be uh, more in the tank. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, choo choo, motherfucker. Nice. <laughs> 
Agent Carter. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I am all about the deadbeat. Um, so, it a, so it was a good week. Good. I like that. I like it when we have positive things to say, especially when we can mix it in with some sarcasm and funniness. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, just let me say, Uh-oh. I fucking hate those stupid fucking football robots on Fox. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't love watching football. I don't watch a lot of football, but I watch some football and I enjoy watching it with Karen. But when it's on Fox, it always makes me mad because they got these stupid fucking Transformer robots with football helmets on, and they don't do anything. They just stand there and flex their dumbass robot muscles for no goddamn reason. You don't need exploding robots on your fucking football, for fuck's sake. I hate you, Fox. I hate you so fucking much. Anyway, you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically on Twitter at TWEPCAST. That's T-W-E-P cast. Get it? This week's EPCAST. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is available at... Geekade underscore Evan. Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, including dumbass football robots, be sure to check out the foot, the footnotes, the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something every new, every, every stinking day, new things, words back to you, Evan. (laughs) I love doing this show. I really do. All right, guys, gals, everyone out there listening um please check us out on the social medias uh send us an email questions comments concerns what should we watch what did we miss uh did we make a mistake are we wrong in liking the x-files uh let us know so with that being said from everyone here at this week's episode i'm evan i'm karen and i'm a football robot good night And this concludes our broadcast day.